Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? We're here to talk about Thor. <laughs> <laughs> the hesitancy on your excitement on that one. <laughs> I think the best way to put this you literally, wait, context, first, first, you literally just got home. Yes. Okay. You just, I saw it Friday morning. You literally mm-hmm. just got home. It is 4.49 p.m. on a Saturday. I went to see it at 1.35 p.m. This is coming straight up from the theater to my closet to record this. And the contextual information that I was going to give is, I think people who've been listening to this podcast for a long time know how... I'll say it. I over prep. <laughs> I'll watch what we're doing like three times. I'll make outlines. I'll make sure everything. This is coming straight from the viewing from like off the top of my head. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to, to get it fresh. That's that's awesome. So I think really if we want to just get into because we're going to handle this the way we've always handled. I know I don't have an outline. We'll do pre-spoiler thoughts. We'll do the spoiler zone and we'll get into some specifics. Mm-hmm. So I guess Jude. What were your pre-spoiler thoughts for Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, I found it so-so. I liked it. There was a lot of things that I liked about it, and there was a lot of things I didn't. I'm not sure why, if that's... I'm, 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 again, we recorded just last night, right? And there was some hints and conversations about... Um, which, last night, for context, was the Miss Marvel Episode 5 pod... And we kind of started talking about age, you know, like at Target, graphic and stuff. Um, go listen to that for more details. And that got me thinking about this. Like, what were the things I didn't like? What did I like? Um, and is that a me and my tastes changing? Um, again, i said this several times over episodes of like, what is my expectations of these after 10, 12 years? So, yeah. So... I will say I I liked it a lot more than I liked Multiverse of Madness, you know. So so as I say that, it just it just felt incomplete. Um, I think it was Ken who texted me, and he's like, he just felt rushed, you know, in some places. And it's like, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And it's interesting because whenever the runtime was confirmed, I had texted both you and TK. And we were kind of like questioning about what what does this mean for the movie itself? And I, on a hunch, I was, I pulled up the other movies runtimes and I said, I think it's actually just on par. All the other Thor movies have been around this range. So it's, it's weird to me that this one felt rushed. Cause I do agree with you on that front. The thing that I will lead with, and this is what I put in our discord as like my sitting in the theater, waiting for the post credit scene reaction Take that scene in Ragnarok where they had Matt Damon and uh, the Hemsworth sibling and Sam Neill doing the recreation of the story so far. Yes. Love and Thunder feels like that, except it's just the heroes now. There's no like, there's no there there. It's all a goof. And I was telling you this right before we hit record. If it wasn't for like one to two threads... I honestly would have said, I think the MCU has jumped the shark. See that I have a feeling that you're more like you have over time. I feel like this is going to be your multiverse of madness for me. Maybe I, cause I was trying to, to, to explain this to you right before recording. 
I think it is possible to like something and it's not good. I don't think Love and Thunder's good, but I laughed. I thought it was funny, even if, like, <laughs> I think they love their jokes more than I did, but I still laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into the spoiler zone, because so, I had some thoughts and I want to ask what you, what you mean by they, so let's... Okay. So let's go. You know what? Like we said, you'll hear an audio cue, and on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers and the MCU. We'll see you on the other side. And we're back. Okay, so who's I never want to see another goat again, ever again. Those goats, if they show up, I'm instantly out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when they first got there, I would, I, I get that, but I, I did feel like they. They were able to balance it out with the goats. I do feel like when it first showed up, it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the whole movie. But then it, it, it was, it was, it was dialed back and I was fine with it. In fact, there was one time that I forgot what it was. I heard the screaming and I've just, I forgot about the goats. So <laughs> what was it when they landed on the moon? Like it was a cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they landed and it was the screen and I was just like. It's like, what? And then it's like, oh yeah, the goats. Like I completely forgot. And so in that sense, didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. I think, because you, you prefaced it by saying you wanted to ask me about they right before we went into the spoilers. Right, like though. who is they when you said enjoy the jokes more? The creative team. It really feel, and, and I've, I've seen some headlines. I haven't had time to read any of it, but apparently this one was way more improv than any of the other, or even in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that there's a feeling you get when you can tell, like, this is just the actors going on screen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt that. And it's not not funny, but it just overstays its welcome for me. Yes. The, I think the heart of the humor is absurdity, and that can only go so far for me. And so even though there were, were moments where it like, like the... It's so dumb. Dwayne The Rock Johnson being Korg's partner, that got me. Like, there's moments like that where it just, I burst out laughing. But it, it's, that's what I mean when there's no there there. Because it's all these loosely connected joke bits where I feel like where the MCU was competent at is doing that while also having a story that was moving. And I didn't feel that much at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Ken, to finish off the rush, in particular, I'm just going to read off the text, was Thor was fun, but kind of rushed through a lot of the character development. Ragnarok had better balance for him. 100%. Yeah, and that's and that's where I was was at too. It was like just the character development was super rushed, you know. Um, I, I will say this, I loved Jane Foster and I didn't like what they did with her. Right, like I love that that she had Mjolnir and and all of that, but there was because it wasn't a sense of like she is worthy, and it was just Thor had that enchantment. That was a little disappointing to me, you know, and 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 to get to that point, you know, so like when I'm first watching it and she's going up there to to get Mjolnir, I was like, wait a minute, how is she going to pick this thing up? She wants it for her own gain. How is that going to be worthy? You know, and then you give us, then they get the, the scene of, you know, he puts the enchantment on there and I'm just like, so she really, what, she wasn't worthy, it, you know? And, and so that's, I liked overall what Natalie Portman did, uh, you know, and, and all of that. I just didn't like how they got her there. I want to stick within this mighty Thor part of the movie. 
before going into my overall thoughts, I do want to focus in some positives because I came in hard with the whole the goats thing. I've been writing this to speak on some things I did enjoy. The thread of Jane Foster, I think, was the strongest. Maybe I, I know you're talking about the logistics of the hammer and whatnot, but what they were trying to do with the story of her having cancer and trying to almost beat the clock on that and and just be healthy. Those were some very moving pieces. And it was like it was almost like whiplash of going from like that opening intro with Thor and the, the the guardians and then going to that. And it made me pay more attention. And I think if they would have focused more on Jane's story, I think I probably would have, I, that would have been the heart of the movie. I think the emotional, because they had something there and the way that they, they can, <laughs> I said I was trying to stick to the positives and I immediately went to the negatives. The positive that I wanted to bring is whenever she is in the mighty Thor mode, she's using the hammer. I thought it was incredibly creative the way they were using the shattered piece oh, of the hammer to be these um, like projectile pieces. That was just visually stunning and cool. Yeah. So there's there's good stuff to be had like that on a visual level. No, I agree with you on all of that. The visual level, the the emotion of her having cancer and dealing with and all of that. I just wish they found a way that it wasn't because of that enchantment. It feels like it brings us right back to square one. Like I th- I think it's clear that there's more fun and more stuff for her to do in this movie, but at the end of the day her story's still tied to Thor. I know she, uh, he's like, hey, I, you know, if you go fight Gore at the end, you're going to die and I don't want to. Ultimately, that is your choice, but like, it's coming back to where it's him kind of coaching those decisions rather than her being the story. And it made me wonder if we're seeing, because Multiverse of Madness, I don't want to make this too much of a comparison. Multiverse of Madness, I think even people who enjoyed it admit that, that there was this almost push and pull between, is it a Doctor Strange story? Is it a Wanda story? Mm-hmm. Whose is it? Yeah. Come to Love and Thunder, is it Thor's story or is it the mighty Thor story? And I don't think they found a balance there. No. And it's interesting to to me because I feel like I had to go and search for it, but I feel like I remember Kevin Feige saying that moving forward past Endgame, he didn't want to have to wait for big team-up movies. He wanted more of these like one to two like team-up movies, kind of like Ragnarok was, uh, kind of like Winter Soldier but after two in a row of that, where it's just a small group of heroes getting together, it's starting to feel like it's not something they found a great balance for. Mm-hmm. It, okay, so here's where I th- go so-so. I think the first half of the movie, I just outright didn't enjoy. After they left Omnipotent City, did I say that right? Uh-huh. After the, you did. After they left that, from there on out, I really enjoyed it, actually, and kind of forgot everything else that happened, you know? Um, and, and so it was like that first half of the movie. And again, I'm going to go back to what Ken said about that character development feeling rushed and getting there, you know, it's one of the rare Marvel movies where the third act was the best part. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and you know, Christian Bale is fantastic. Everything he did. I loved Christian Bale took the Natalie Portman side of why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was, he was fantastic, you know, um, I did like how they resolved it, you know, um, in terms of his wish and okay, what do you really want? And, you know, and here's your choice. I, 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 I liked that, um, 
it was just that front half stuff where it was like, well, I think you said it said it best. It was like funny, but it was just like you didn't know how to rein it in, you know, and and it was just overwhelming that it was like this is just silly. It's not funny. It's telling where for the first half of the movie I was rooting for Gore the God Butcher. Like <laughs> I was just like, what is happening here? And. I don't know if I can tell you what Thor's story is through this. Like, I didn't feel any emotional, like, growth on his part other than just saying that I'm changed now kind of thing. Like, it honestly, we just did our Thor review and I told you how there's that moment where he's speaking to Sif and he's like, no, go and live and tell those stories yourself. Mm -hmm. That's reminded me so much of that in peace there with the mighty Thor and Gore as Thor is trying to convince him to wish for his daughter back rather than to destroy all the God butchers. Yes. And I honestly think this is a movie that would be better without Chris Hemsworth's Thor and just focused on the mighty Thor storyline. I don't think you needed Thor here at all. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Cause I, again, I loved the mighty Thor. I loved watching that. And that go through, it it felt like, in some ways, Thor was just in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in the yeah, Omnipotent almost. City. Like, and all that. And like, okay, that was a funny scene and, and stuff, I guess. Not really. Or even in New Asgard, when they're trying to rally the Asgardians and Valkyrie's talking to him and nobody's listening. And he's like, everyone! And everybody starts listening to him. And then it just becomes a joke right. of like, he doesn't know what to say. Right. Yeah. So he re- it really is just him clumsily going through. And, and then his big moment is that he gives the power to the kids, which is a funny and cool moment. But what? <laughs> I liked it. It, it. That was a full, that was fun. It was a cool moment. I enjoyed that. You know, uh, he had the moment of like thinking where he's like for a limited time only <laughs> you know <laughs> like i love that like i said i love the end i loved all of that um right but it's like i don't know it the, the whole thing you know mechanism to like get that means what you know think think storytelling and writing wise to get that we have to sideline valkyrie and we have to sideline mighty thor to get that moment and then we find a way to bring mighty thor back so you can have the ending we got and it's just i don't know no but i did like it i did like what they did with the kids um i loved the whole scene about the asher and axel um <laughs> and I, lo- I did love how Quirk. i think is like oh yeah the asshole <laughs> yes 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 but i just i love it your dad gave you this name but this is what i want and going back is like that was that was great i will respect your you know. father's wishes well this was I mean, this was the most, I think I'm saying this correctly, the most queer movie of the MCU, period. Yeah? In what ways? Well, the, the, I mean, the Aster Axel very much reminded me of, reminded me very much of like dead names and what, you know, uh, this, they didn't go so far as like change of pronouns, but it was definitely like that conversation. That was the feel and the vibe. That was there. And then with Valkyrie, um, it was there both hiding over, you know, Jane Foster, the, the way Korg, their mating ritual was two males 
then so like like and you know there's other things but like those are the ones that right at the moment just pop out to me of like yeah this is you know very queer in 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 terms of um i think both subtly and overtly yeah i definitely picked up on the Valkyrie stuff because they had this the scenes with with Mighty Thor. They had the scenes where she pauses after picking up the bolt and kisses one of the uh, goddesses' mm-hmm. hands as she jumps onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the the dead name. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, I guess I just I got caught up in the whiplash of, of the speed that it just it's one of those things I have to pause and think about. Because I mean, even I was so much looking forward to Valkyrie having more storyline. I kind of don't think she did. And I again, no. I guess I'm just like still on that like okay, well Thor's just bumbling his way through still again yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because you know, the like I said there there's elements of in terms of that it wasn't in your face. It was it was there and it was subtle, you know. And then there's stuff that was like okay, this is obvious. But the 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 silliness of it you know, for me, kind of took a- the silliness of the other parts of the movie. Well, the first half of like the over the top, okay, like the silliness of the jokes, the silliness of, well, like what I, what I said earlier in this episode, you know, just the the humor not working. Um, so yeah, it's it's just I, I think some of that for me at least kind of got lost of like, oh, I'm glad I'm seeing this, but at the same time, I'm not enjoying the first two-thirds to a third to two-thirds of the movie because i just i don't understand why we're going so over the top with this Mm -hmm. yeah from the moment they go attack gore in the shadow realm for the first time onward Mm -hmm. to me that's where it feels like the movie shifts into a better place yes oh and i know this is going to sound like a negative thing but I'm, i'm using this as a contrast to talk about one of the one of the positives i really do enjoy I think why that first half of the movie feels so grating is at the end of the day, these are action movies. Mm -hmm. That action wasn't that interesting when he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It was just silly and kind of like, it felt like a commercial. I forgot. You know how sometimes, yeah, right? Like I, I really did. Like, like I remember thinking when that, when that left, I was like, the only reason we have this is just to explain their their parting. And so that whole first battle was just I think it was a missed opportunity of what of what they could have done with them. What I was getting at, like, compare that to whenever they attack Gore in the Shadow Realm, the visual creativity of everything being black and white, but their weapons giving light and color to wherever the light casted off, that was gorgeous. It was. And those shots were phenomenal so it's this like it's like that set piece felt so inspired and i wanted more of that yes and and it's funny too because like i remember when the the bolt the lightning bolt from zeus was first introduced i looked at it and i was like wow this this feels like something i could go pick up at target Uh and it would look and feel the exact same way and then once it gets to the fight where thor like breaks it in half and he's kind of using it like daggers that to me, it's like okay, here we go. Here, there's something here now. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, to me, that goes back to this this weird, and we talk about this, right? Like you see this progression between in a franchise 
from one thing to the next in terms of the villain gets tougher or the hero learns something else and they kind of level up or power up. And it's like, what do you level up with in Thor from that point? And, and it feels like they were trying to answer that question when I didn't need that. I don't need to see what is that next level up. You could have got rid of all of that for more story or the mighty Thor. Focus on mighty Thor. Yeah. Mighty Thor <laughs> actually being worthy and leveling up. Like that's like, why does Thor anyways? Yeah. I will say, even though there's almost no run up to it, I did enjoy the end where Thor in eternity, where he's like raising her and teaching her about how to fight and to, to defend the good guys that did get me a little bit. I thought it was sweet. And plus I found out that's actually Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I found out I thought that yeah. was, yeah, I thought that was nice. Not really serviced in any way, but it was, uh, it was a nice way to end the movie for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, okay. And the humor at the end of like eat, no, and boots, no, and all that. Like as a parent, I was like, yep, that's funny. It was, I was laughing. That was funny, but that was, that it felt very measured that the opening just didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't like what they did with Korg. I wish they would have just killed him. Oh dude, I'm going to be careful. I know this is always a can of worms. That was the Chewbacca moment from Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. He died and I did not blink an eye. Like, He's not dead. They don't, there's no, there's no, there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one where it was just like, yeah, I, I would have been, I would have been glad to just oh, wow. to have him, have him gone. Well, and, and I say that because it's like, like again, and it's not even a matter of like, oh, there's no stakes, right? I'll take civil war for a second. Rhodey should have died and stuff. Well, like I can't what the Russo brothers say to that. Of like, no, cause this is a divorce. Like we couldn't have a death here cause it's a divorce. Right. And the splitting up. And, and so that I get, but it's like, as much as Korg is, was funny and fun in Ragnarok. I don't, for the larger MCU, I don't see why we had to hold on to Korg. You know, it feels like a Taika Waititi thing. That's the character I play. So I'm going to hold on to him rather than saying, no, what's better for the story is this is a character you can kill off, you know, cause it's, it's not going to be, it's not what, it's not a main character. So, so that's, that's the other thing of like, no, like let it go. But, <laughs> but you're right. The second, like I said, that, that last end, second half, it was so good. The visuals were so good. And when you really actually got to finally dive into, really got, they dove into cancer with Jane and what that meant and Thor's reaction and, and, and all of that, um, I, I completely forgot about the end, the, the beginning. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Again, I forgot the Guardians were in it. You know, there was just a lot of stuff where it's just like I didn't remember and I didn't care to remember because the end wing was so good. Mm-hmm. I know one of my favorite moments is when Gore is in that final fight and he refers to Jane as Lady Thor. And she says, it's Mighty Thor. And if you can't pronounce that, it's Dr. Jane Foster. That moment, like, is good as it is. Mm-hmm. But I can't help, and I think this is where my disappointment comes from, I can't help but wonder what this movie would have been if it would have had the conviction to focus on Jane rather than Thor. Yeah. Like, I think that's what is, like, 
that's where it's like I can enjoy it and not think it's good because I feel like we missed a good Mighty Thor introduction. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not the last of her, although I'm incredibly shocked that they killed her. <laughs> yeah. And you have the whole th- and No one's ever dead, but Yeah, you have the whole thing with Valhalla. And it makes me wonder if through multiverse stuff, if that's the way we're going to continue going, we get those back. But I don't, I don't want that, you know? I want this Jane. I want this mighty Thor. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just really hard to tell on that. Mm-hmm. And Thor was wrong, by the way. How so? If Lady Sif had died, those <laughs> wounds came from battle, she would have went to Valhalla. <laughs> Speaking of forgetting... God, <laughs> I forgot Sif was in this movie. <sighs> and it's wild, too, because I remember reading articles where Chris Hemsworth was like, yeah, as long as people want me in the MCU, I'll be here for forever. And I was like, awesome. It's really cool that he's a team player. And now at the end of this movie, I'm like, well, maybe take like a vacation or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to Thor will return at the end. So does that... Is this gonna go and into? Is this gonna go into a fourth? Like, like a fifth? Uh, yeah. So, so basically, is Taika gonna get a trilogy, or are we are we waiting for some and you know another? He's gonna show up in a team up somewhere else. I feel like there are seeds of a fifth Thor movie because they have that Zeus speaking to Hercules and how they're gonna uh, hunt them down, and that to me feels like the plot of a fifth Thor movie. Yeah simultaneously i feel like the last in tag is setting up something for jane foster Mm -hmm. i really hope we see a a divergence and we get a a mighty thor movie focused just on that like i don't know if it works together with both of them right now at least yeah that was that was a a huge disappointment thinking back it's just just didn't get enough of mighty thor Mm -hmm. you know i liked what we got Really enjoyed. Oh, what I got. loved what we got, but the, but it's like I didn't think the hammer could get cooler, and then they turned into like to- like little projectiles. So there, like, there is stuff to be excited about. I don't think it's like, no, don't watch this movie. But I think while watching it, you could see the movie that could have been as well, right? Which is unfortunately right. a running theme on the movie sides of this year. Of twenty twenty two. Of 2022. To me, I was going to say this right before we recorded, the life pulse of the MCU currently is in the Disney Plus shows. Yeah, okay, well, because Black Widow, I tremendously enjoyed. No Way Home. Shang-Chi still remains my favorite of Phase 4 so far. I know. So so (laughs) 4? No. So far. (laughs) I, I know The Eternals isn't everybody's favorite. I tremendously enjoyed it. Um, But yeah. I mean, in the next one, it's November, and I actually still think Black Panther might get delayed. Really? Yeah, that was my prediction from earlier in this year, mm-hmm. and I will say, when I made that prediction, I had, I think, more momentum, I could say, of like, oh, I'm probably going to be right. I think I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to stick to it. I, I, I really feel like we'll get a surprise delay of Black Panther out of 2022. Okay. So. It's possible. I mean, that's the November movie. Mm-hmm. And then after that is a big break in movies. Is that right? No, I think something comes in. No, maybe May, I think, is the first nope. movie in 2023. Nope. February. Ant-Man and the Wasp. What's February? Ant-Man and the Wasp. Aquamania. Aquamania? Quantumania. What? <laughs> oh, my god! You heard it here first. We're turning into a DC you need to know. <laughs> I've, not, I've never even seen that movie. <laughs> Aquaman? I still haven't seen it. Uh-huh. 
Quantum Mania. And then Guardians. Aquamania! <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th. Oh, man. I'll be honest, of, of all those movies, I think Miss Marvel's, or the Marvel's, might be the one I'm most excited to see. I wonder if that's telling that two thirds of that cast came from Disney Plus. Yeah. I mean, to see Rambo again and to see. Well, and I think. Kamala it, Khan. And again, we'll have to dive into this, but it, it, some more, but it's like, you know. It's also telling of like the characters I wanted to see more of was Mighty Thor, Valkyrie, and they got mm-hmm. sidelined for for Thor. And I wonder, is it time to let the old MCU die? Well, and not like die. No, 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 like no, no. I, know, actual... I, I know what you mean, but like, because Guardians of the Galaxy three is supposed to be the last one. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ant Man and the Wasp is going to go on past this. At least I haven't heard anything. Um, yeah, I could go either way on that. I really could because I've enjoyed both of them. Both mm-hmm. of those movies. Uh, and, I, and I just don't know what to think about Black Panther right now. Black Panther breaks my heart for obvious reasons. It has, for for everything else the other movies have had going against it was all internally. Black Panther has external things that they have to reconcile with that it's just such a mountain to climb, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I want it to be incredible because that first one was such a moment. Oh, yeah. That it deserves to continue ringing that moment. Yeah. Oh, 100% agree with you on that. So, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. As of, as of this recording, we have one more Miss Marvel episode to go. And and depending on when this episode releases, you may or may not have heard our confliction there. <laughs> um, After episode five, I should say. And then uh, She-Hulk, which I am really looking forward to. So am I. Unless there's any more. No, I'm, I'm... That was cathartic. Yeah. No, I think I think we uh, I think we got our thoughts out. Well, if you'd like to share what you thought of Thor Love and Thunder, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know, both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's a wonderful place to keep in touch with us, as well as, again, you know, weigh in. What did you think? Are you as down on Love and Thunder as we are, or did you find more enjoyment there? And of course, if you want to have more in-depth discussions, you can join our Discord, which is a lovely community of people who are both excited about the MCU and other pop culture things as well. So check out that link in the show notes. And while you're there checking out that link, make sure you scroll the rest of the way down, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If Spotify is your thing, leave a rating there. Uh, Tremendous help. But the best review you can give us is sharing with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Boom, that's an episode. I knew you didn't like it when you te- when you sent to the text to to the group chat. I want to like it. And it's still funny. I don't regret seeing it. I just don't think it's good. I don't regret seeing Multiverse of Madness. And I just think it's terrible. But this wasn't well, terrible. Cuz you've been beating that drum for weeks. <laughs> but this wasn't this wasn't terrible. <laughs> it wasn't great. It's going to be a hard week for MC you need to know. <laughs>